welcome I'm going to the Every Movie Ever podcast. The following episode contains spoilers. It finally happened. It finally happened. I'm slightly mad. Hello everyone and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane and how are you doing today? Buddy, let me fucking, let me, let me let you in on a little secret in right. life, right? I've started doing this new thing this week. It's, it's pretty fucking unheard of. It's kind of out there. Um, have you heard of sleeping? Uh, yes, I have heard of sleeping. Uh, turns out it's mint. I'm feeling... Right, yeah. Literally... 10 times better. Fantastic news. Every morning that I wake up after an eight hour sleep and I'm like, holy shit, I could have just sat there and done nothing for eight hours mm-hmm. and yeah. now I feel good. I could have been doing that for ages, but I haven't been. But now I am. So I'm feeling good, man. It is good when you start. It does It does get dark though. You want to you wanna limit, limit it's that. It's eight hours, mate. Otherwise you end up in bed burrito. Eight hours. Eight hours of sleep is the perfect amount. I've gone amount. from like two or three hours a night. Mm-hmm. For months. Yeah, that's not enough sleep. To eight hours. And literally, literally, I could karate chop Arnold Schwarzenegger right now. And mm-hmm. I reckon I'd get away with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You've got your natural charm. How are you, man? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, regular viewers will know that I lost a little bit of my finger last week. You did. And I, I want was... everyone to know now that you can never give a fat 10 ever again. Because it's only a 9.8. Mm. It's the most you can ever give because of that little mishap last week. You say that, but I I am rating films out of toes, not fingers. So absolutely not. No, your toes and feet. You're from the fucking. You're, I've seen where you're from. All right, those <laughs> shits are webbed. <laughs> all your toes count as one. All right, okay, but two <laughs> technically, but yeah. Um, I just I, okay. If if I rate it with my toes, I'm rating your films because I know you love feet. It's disgusting, and they only ever need about a two anyway. So. I will delete this RSS feed <laughs> if you ever mention fucking rate with your feet again. Continue. You were talking about how you could only ever do a 9.8 going well, forward. Well, that's uh, for the next couple of weeks, I can only do a 9.6. <laughs> um, because <laughs> since Why? last week, uh, last week I was, I was mandolin slicing red onions like a sort of angry masturbating spider monkey. It's real, way too quick. I was coke wanking the onions, right? You did it again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, after coke wanking the onions last week, this week I was I was really going at some parsley, and I've got a new knife. It's very very sharp, very heavy, and I managed to just pass in the little little parcel. I can parcel see of it. Gerbs, right, I can see it. I managed to slice the top level of my <laughs> fingernail off. So now I don't have a fingernail in the middle of my left index finger. I've got it either oh. side. It's good. Fuck, I got my little funny, blue finger man. condom on, so yeah. You could only you could only fucking rate out of a nine point six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fortunately, this week that's not going to be an issue on on where we are in the ratings. Because what do they serve in your kitchen? Just fucking finger pies? No, do you know the most annoying? Do you know the thing that annoyed me the most about today was? Did you find the piece that you cut off, or is it in? Was it in someone's like lasagna? No, you got to throw the whole board away. So whatever you're working on. Yeah. The whole board goes. So I chopped like... All that parsley. It was a fuck ton of parsley, mate. And it just went straight in the bin because it was no longer vegetarian option. 
some vegan somewhere has pissed you off and every time you go to now <laughs> yeah, chop yeah, a herb, yeah, you're like, that yeah. piece of shit, Sean, telling me that I shouldn't be fucking eating. Fuck my finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to poison the the vegans. That's what it is with, with my... With my yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, that's the thing though, because if it was, if it was your finger, mm. if it was a bit of your finger and you were like, I'm okay with this, it's, it's vegan because the consent is there. I you just, see? I, look, dude, where does this end? Consent in the kitchen. Next yeah. is going to be consent in the bedroom. And then where are we, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Twitter, Rob. We're on Twitter. All right? <laughs> what are we doing today, buddy? May, I'm fucking well excited about this. I've been looking forward to doing this film with you for a while. It's my right. turn. We're, we're currently in the middle of you selling me mm-hmm. your type of cinema, which mm-hmm. is literal cinema. Big blockbusters, mm-hmm. big movies. Big production, you know what I mean? And I'm trying yeah, yeah. I'm selling you my cinema, yep. which is predominantly eighties mm. B movies, yeah, creature yeah, features, yeah. and terrible horrors that no one really watches, but I fucking adore in my entire life. And what I've done now is I've gone into Jeff Boehner, because Jeff Boehner yeah. has this unique talent of taking like mundane moments in life, mm-hmm. writing a comedy movie about it, yeah, and casting some of the fucking most incredible people. To play yeah. those characters. Yeah. So today, we're doing his fourth movie. I've been looking forward to what you think of this mm. since we started this whole fucking thing. <laughs> Horse Girl. A uh, quick question before we synopsize Horse Girl, Ben. Yes. Just while you were talking there, it struck me. Did you say we'd do every Jeff Boehner movie ever just so that I'd watch this film? Uh, this one and this one and Joshy. And okay. I, I was on like a little bit of a life after Beth kick. So I was like... Mm. What better place to start than something that I really want to do? <laughs> Fine. Fine. For the benefit of the listener who, who unlike us, haven't seen this film, because like every Jeff Boehner film, this was a commercial flop. Um, I don't think it matters with Jeff Boehner. No. Jeff Boehner's movies exist in their own universe where it, it, the commercial success doesn't no, no, no. Matter. They're, he, some of the, a, they're some of the greatest independent films that exist. You don't, you don't make a film like Little Hours about a 13th century story about nuns because mm-hmm. you want to make big, big Marvel money. Horny, sexy nuns and witches. You don't go, you could go see Avengers Endgame this year. Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> or, or, how about we out. take a trip to Italy in the 1300s <laughs> and follow and watch, some nuns? <laughs> watch a nun slash witch try and rape Dave Franco. <laughs> It's about time one of the Francos got raped. I mean, there's. I, I speaking of this, mate. I watched uh, this is the end the other day, and there's <laughs> there's a little story that James Franco mm. <laughs> tells in that where he's like, Craig Robinson's like, look, we've all we're, we're actors, we're terrible people, we've all fucked up. This is why we're not in heaven. And James Franco mm. tells a story, and I was like, oh, this, this is not is, aged well. It's aged like milk. Oh, <laughs> it's not even milk. It's like aged, a fine milk. <laughs> I think it's aged like. Sex crime, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> hey, man. Say what you like about sex crime. Mm-hmm. It's stood the test of time. That shit's persistent. <laughs> Fucking hell. Honestly, though, mate. Go back and watch that film, and it's just that uh, one moment. And from that moment on, you're like, oh, he told everyone. Mm, he yeah, told us yeah, all. Yeah. Like all serial killers, he wants yeah. to get caught. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, that was a pretty fucking big breadcrumb right there, buddy. Uh, that, was just... his le- that was his letter to the New York Post. <laughs> Threw the whole loaf in. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, you, you, you're right. Mm. Uh, Jeff Boehner goes up against enormous movies mm-hmm. with 
like wildly unique ideas. So obviously, after the little hours, Jeff gets a little bit frustrated with with the fact that his art is not reaching the wider audience that he wants, mm-hmm. and he decides to go for the big bucks by making Horse Girl. Could you could you tell the listeners what his play <laughs> for the box office dollar was? <laughs> I can get, all right, this is, this is from Netflix, this synopsis. Mm. Sarah, a socially isolated arts and crafts store employee, <laughs> finds herself more content in the company of horses and supernatural mm. crime shows than people. Mm. But when a series of strangely surreal dreams upend the simplicity of mm-hmm. her waking life, mm. Sarah struggles to distinguish her visions from reality. A darkly humorous psychological thriller about a woman's search for the truth, however abstract that may be. How much of a cunt do you... Sorry, this will make sense at the end of the episode, but <laughs> okay. I... How much of a cunt do you have to be to find this film humorous? I, there's funny that's bits like, in this film. That's like calling Schindler's List a darkly humorous take on World War Two. I mean, it depends on your take on World War Two, I guess, but sure. <laughs> there's a couple of... There's a couple of... Yeah, you naturalized can't, you German can't immigrants people. in Panama being like oh, <laughs> sweating listen, as they listen. Some people like the Big Bang. Some people like Schindler's List. You know what I mean? You can't question comedy. Comedy's comedy. If it gives you a tickle, it gives you a tickle. The important thing about this, though, no, mm. we'll get into it. It's fine. Come on. Yeah, you give I us would, your synopsis. What I did would, you think? I would say that that darkly humorous. This is this is a slow and sad film about mm-hmm. an impossibly charming. Manic pixie dream shut in, slowly falling victim to paranoid schizophrenia about abductions and time travel, mm-hmm. and then being institutionalized mm-hmm. while the support network that she hasn't cultivated around her yep. just blithely ignores the fact that this woman is having a breakdown mm-hmm. at every turn. I agree. I agree to an extent. It's it's it's, it's a great summation of the film. Yeah. Like, and to be honest with you. I'm really fucking happy that that's what you brought to the table from this film because it's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. This is the, Rob. This might be my favorite episode so far because <laughs> it's going exactly as I thought it would. So that's the synopsis of this film. Yeah, Alison Brie mm, playing unraveling, unraveling in a manic state, uh, alien abduction, time travel, cloning. Mm-hmm. Is is it one of them or all three of them? Or is it just paranoid schizophrenia? The answer is yes. Mm. Yeah. That's the beauty of this movie. Whatever you want it to be. It's all good. Before we get into the actual film, though. Yeah. Um, horse girl. Yes. What is, what is a horse girl to you, Ben? Because horse girl in the UK, mm-hmm. at least to my eyes... Yep. Is the kind of plummy rah rah? Where's Wellington boots? Even though they clap them, rah rah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've summed it up there. Yeah. The US and the UK have different horse girls or different meanings of horse girl. Yes, they do. Both countries have the same type of person. They're just named wildly different. So I'm going to yeah. say the US version of a horse girl because I had to YouTube this. Right. And I, this is from Alison Brie herself. So. Uh, in the US, a horse girl is someone sort of middle school, high school, mm-hmm. who maybe does maybe doesn't uh, conform to you know the whole mm. societal rules of high school. She more finds comfort, you know, riding horses and yeah, yeah. And, and doing that kind of stuff. Whereas, as you correctly just said, in the UK, yeah, a, yeah. Ho- a horse girl is 
like a rah-rah type girl. Yeah, Welli- imagine... Wellington imagine, boots. Yeah, imagine Liv Tyler, but somehow more... Oh, shit, yeah, Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah, Liv yeah. Tyler, fashion sense, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Wearing Let- a gilet in, in July, <laughs> just sweating, <laughs> fucking, right? Fucking With like- gilet, just call it a body warmer. It's a fucking <laughs> body warmer. You're a horse yeah. girl. You just no, 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 Ben, Ben, it is a body warmer. Yeah. But if you call it that in front of them, they're like, it's actually a gilet. That's not how they talk. They're like, um, uh, um, excuse me. It's, it's, it's not a body warmer. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's much more complex than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, a horse girl in the UK is like a yeah. perfect storm of like pretension yeah. and sexual deviance. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, they're all generally yeah. raised on like army bases with dads that are Marines. Yeah. He'll, he'll punch you in the throat and kill yeah. you in two, in two My, kicks, my dad yeah. can kill a man with his bare hands. Yeah. I saw my dad kill a man with a pencil once mm. and, um, yeah, my tarot card reader, told me that it was an, an informative experience of my future. But also, could we bring knives into the bedroom, maybe? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a true story. So that's, um, so that's where we're at, all right? That's where we're at. I think, I think this film is US horse girl. Oh, 100%. She's just, she's just a quirky little shut-in with her arts and crafts yeah. store. and I, Because <laughs> there's no wearing Wellingtons in Range Rovers yeah. when you live in Clapham Common. There's, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. there's, there's none of that. There's no pegging. <laughs> Much to Ben's dismay. I was sorely disappointed when I watched this for the first time. Sorely being the operative word. I was like, finally, the pegging blockbuster we've been waiting for. (laughs) That's called Clothesline, and it's coming soon. Um, Fantastic. in In terms of warm or colder with this film. Yes. I think this film achieves everything it sets out to do. Yeah. But I just, I just don't necessarily want to watch the film that results it is a in what way though in like a requiem for a dream type way or i really didn't enjoy watching this type way there's a film called jarhead with jake gyllenhaal which is about soldiers who are deployed to germany Mm -hmm. and they expect to see action in the middle east yeah i know is it buffalo soldiers with joaquin phoenix anyway both very similar films about soldiers who are expecting action and then don't get any right Okay, and it's about their crippling boredom and their crippling sense of um, sort of frustration, mm. and both those films nail that vibe perfectly. Which means when I watch it, I am bored and frustrated. Okay, because the film is achieving what it's trying to do, yeah. but I don't necessarily give art ninety minutes of my time to be bored and frustrated for ninety minutes. Okay, I didn't give. I didn't want to give ninety minutes of my time to this film. Mm-hmm. To have a desperately sad, but incredibly mundane melancholy. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where, like, I hate to use the word triggering because I'm, I'm not a fucking 2008 right, Twitter, Twitter user. Yeah. <laughs> but there are moments that are so powerfully realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's the simplest things. It's her in her flat alone, yep. staring at the water going down the sink for way too long. And like I think yep. so much of my so much of my issues have have been caused by a, a, a fear of silence, um, and a fear of of those moments mm-hmm. because because you sort of stare into the void and the, the the void stares back, and to watch a character who is pure lovely, mm-hmm. but pure lonely, disintegrate with no help around her, and there's no ray of light coming. 
There's, there's, she doesn't, you know, it doesn't. See, there's, there's glimpses though. There's glimpses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's glimpses think, in the same way the serial killer opens the fucking basement door every now and again and goes, "You could give it a go." Yeah, all right, do, Fritzl. Do to... Jesus Christ! <laughs> Look, man, say what you like about Fritzl. <laughs> the guy's a genius acoustician. If I ever built a recording studio, if we ever build a mm-hmm. podcast studio, we yeah. should call him and get him to consult. I mean, I guess because so. that guy had a fucking family in his basement for twenty years and no one heard shit. I, I'm going to check the police records and find out if anyone ever broke into his house because apparently mm. he is just the master of locks. Exactly. I get what you're saying. I do. I think because I've watched this film so much, it, the first few times that I watched it, it was it was harrowing, like a deeply yeah. unsettling. It yeah, made yeah. me feel horribly uncomfortable to watch this film. Yes, but not in a, not in a bad way. It no. wasn't like I felt uncomfortable because I was watching something that was upsetting to look at, or it was mm. it was a, a harsh take on something. It's a very gentle look. At paranoid schizophrenia it's a very very kind film like we are we're not looking at sarah and going oh my god she's fucking mental we are we no, are sarah it's not exploitative yeah yes. you know, it's, yeah there's yeah, no yeah. exploitation in this it's like we're in the fucking driving seat mm-hmm. everything that happens to sarah in real time is happening mm-hmm. to us in real time yes. and whether you're it doesn't fucking matter whether you're the happiest person on the planet or the saddest person on the planet this shit it's gonna, it's gonna have some sort of effect on you. It's incredibly, it's incredibly effective at rationalizing her irrational behavior. Hundred percent, because you're seeing things through her perspective. Because yeah. it's an unreliable narrator structure. Exactly. Where what's what's being presented to you is is what she's experiencing. Yeah, it's an incredibly does an incredibly good job of making you see just how this illness weaponizes coincidence against you Mm -hmm. and makes it all seem like there's something going on because she's just not able to disconnect events in her life as having some sort of meaning and so you're right it's not unkind it's not exploitative Mm -hmm. she's not the butt of the joke she's an audience surrogate and we're we're experiencing that and yeah it's not necessarily what I'd want to... You remember when, when you watched Locke and you were like, I don't want to spend 90 minutes watching a guy fuck everything up and trying to fix it too little too late. Watching him fuck it up would have been a more entertaining film. This is him dealing with it in the worst possible way. How impersonal is that entire film? Oh, I need to tell my wife that I'm having an illegitimate child with another person yeah, for the yeah, first yeah. time ever. I'm going to ring her from the M6. So I think the only difference between <laughs> this film and that film is that in this film, they yeah. do a lot of groundwork to make sure that the character is almost implausibly likable. Whereas 100%. Locke is uh, a much more realistic version of a character of a, of a man. The reason that I don't like Locke is it's a coward's way out. It's not... It's not a, a feasible way to deal with. It is a feasible way to deal with his predicament, but it's yeah, it's yeah. just it's the it's the worst solution. It's the it's worst ma- solution game. to a, a terrible situation, and totally. it just it just annoyed me that it had got to that point mm-hmm. because it, yeah, it's yeah, like it's like having an infection in your arm and watching mm-hmm. it spread all the way to the shoulder, and then someone going, "We got to amputate your arm," and then getting upset about it. It's like no, you don't get to be upset about it. Yeah, you yeah. just fucking watched it fall off. Like, but, you know but, what I mean? <laughs> yes, but I think that's the reason I like it is because the character it's a morally grey character, whereas the reason that you like watching people suffer. I like people I like a tragedy where their their sorrow is their own making, whereas this is 
the universe bullying oh, a poor yeah, girl. Okay. No, I get you. I get you. I see the you know, difference now. Lock yeah, yeah, deserves yeah. his stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, 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 no. This girl, because she is, I would argue, and not to disagree, but I think Alison's writing mm-hmm. on that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. That was good. That's proud That's of that good. one. <laughs> I hate to disagree, but I think <laughs> the writing right. makes her a. Uh, so transparently nice and likable <laughs> as to be as to... only dropped on the second time you said it the first time you said it i was like disagree you're just gonna fight a cheese like what the fuck <laughs> how many other breeze do we know like larson like what the fuck <laughs> but now i get it disagree like disagree but only disagree so you're not fighting cheeses i'm 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 speaking ill of the writing uh in that her character is is implausibly charming and now you know that trope of the manic pixie dream girl that comes along and fixes all the male protagonist problems sure there's a there's a hint of that in the in the first 20 minutes of this film where she's just she's just lovely and everything's sweet and everything's nice and she's very cute and I didn't get and, that man I get like I got the whole I in the first 20 minutes of this film I got a a girl who's had a, a fucking hard life of course of course like a hard yeah. hard just a, a real fucking rough run okay so riddle me this name me one flaw that she has as a person besides her mental health and that's not to say that mental health is a flaw i mean name one negative character trait that isn't desirable that she has um lack of lack of self-confidence lack of self-belief she's very timid and meek she she doesn't She's very easily trodden over by the people in her life. The only the only real person that she can confide in is Joan, who is a, a, a Molly Shannon, who's again mm. incredible in this film. Yeah, Molly Shannon is always incredible. I don't necessarily think these are negatives. I think these are points that are like no, it's it's not a negative. I just I if, if we're talking about realism of characterization, yeah, like, I, but I don't know the rest of her life. She might shoplift. I guess I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but show that. Do you know what I mean? Just just give well, me just something. Show to... a pocket in a, a like a, a bag of Skittles, and then sort of walk in Arabia. Like <laughs> I love that. She just nicks all the buttons from the shop she works in. <laughs> Oh, she had a nosebleed on some of the some of the rah rah rocks. Sorry, when I'm you know asking I mean? for realistic characterization, where somebody is a is a whole and complete person, where they have flaws as well as benefits, you're like, sometimes she gets nosebleeds and she's shy. No, I didn't say sometimes she gets <laughs> nosebleeds. I said she <laughs> bled on the rah rah rocks. That takes away the magic powers. If you're into uh, crystals or Indiana Jones four, you'd mm. know this, Rob. The rose quartz magic is mm. lost at the first drop of blood. All right. Do you know why I didn't know that? Is because it because I'm, I because I just made it up? It's because I'm not a horse girl who listens to crystal healing. You just really need to open your mind, yeah? Uh Strap on that gilet, babe. We're going to my tarot reader, yeah? I will open my mind when you shut your fucking mouth. In all fairness, whenever you call me babe, that's how I hear it. Strap your gilet on, babe. We're going to the tarot, yeah? You make the tarot sound like it's a it's a bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's just a hangout spot where all us babes go mm. yeah yeah let's go to the tarot oh my god all the drinks are themed got a it's new incredible. beige turtleneck babe let's go to the tarot yeah <laughs> <laughs> i get what you're saying there's not like much negative going on but it's, it's i think it's because it's, she's it's she's... the universe bullying her and i think I, yeah. I, I i struggle to watch someone being bullied because it, it becomes too arousing 
I get you. you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you are the bully, right? She thinks that there's aliens. She's being abducted because she keeps losing time, right? There is aliens. What? There is aliens. How are there aliens? There's fucking aliens, man. All right, this right. film's got everything. So she loses, she loses time and wakes Missing up. Missing time. Symptom of alien abduction. She mm-hmm. fucking comes to in places that she has no idea where that shit is with her clothes mm-hmm. on backwards. Mm-hmm. Fucking aliens. She abducted and can like look around and see the other abductees and they're the, like the blurred out fingery aliens. Fucking aliens, man. Right. Do you not see the irony of this film being... Bruises! Do you not see the irony of this film being about somebody who's got really poor mental health thinking it's aliens? Mm. And you also think it's aliens. Do you not think that that might be the film telling you you have poor mental health? Nosebleeds could be a symptom of aliens because they might be like fucking instead of probing the arsehole, like a quick cheeky like that would be the Pegan movie. Like there the, you whoop! go. You would Maybe love that. The, a fifties yeah. B movie. A fifties B movie peg porn is is like all yeah. your Christmases come. But it, it turns out they're from Venus. You know what I mean? And I'd be yeah, fucking yeah, well yeah. into it. I'd be like, heck yes. <laughs> well, women are from Venus, men are from Mars, is it? See what I'm saying? Yeah. See what I'm saying? Uh <laughs> nosebleeds. So there could be like implants and shit though. Yeah, or she could just be blacking out and picking her nose. No. Because that's not <laughs> aliens. <laughs> that right, doesn't make okay. sense. Right. It's the so, fucking okay. aliens, man. Okay, aliens being ridiculous, fair enough. But some people who are idiots believe in aliens. I get that. D- how arrogant do you have to be to think that you're the uh, that, that we just happen to pop into existence in the exact right time, in the exact right space, and then the rest of the universe is just devoid of anything? I'm not that arrogant, Ben. I'm not that arrogant. I know for a fact that no one except me exists, and you're just a figment of my imagination don't because say that because I, I am I am the only god <laughs> of my own universe. Stop because I fell into a rabbit hole about this the other day. <laughs> you, your brain can have up to seven minutes of electrical activity when the mm-hmm. body's dead, right? But you have right. no receptacle. You have no mm. fucking physical anything. There is nothing to measure time or mm. reality or right. matter or anything. So all of this shit, mm. me and you existing, could just be my body died six and a half minutes ago <laughs> and all of this is just the electrical impulses just fucking firing through my synapses you know what i mean join us next week for ben doesn't believe he has mental health issues but gets spun <laughs> out by youtube videos <laughs> that wasn't a youtube video that was a book i fucking read oh that, was, oh that was a book yeah i woke up i woke up in a place i didn't fall asleep four hours earlier than i fell asleep and there was a fucking book there man it was the aliens I think it was by Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> ben, the back of a penguin bar does not count as a book. Yeah. Oh, it does because you got to open it, I guess. And it's exactly. got words inside. It's got yeah. leafs. Okay, so Aliens is contentious. Aliens the... is plausible. Fine. The issue I had, <laughs> the issue I began to have was when she went to her ear, nose and throat specialist about the nosebleeds. Yeah. And starts talking about if there's a test for cloning because she thinks she might be a clone because she looks exactly like her grandmother. Yeah. And maybe the aliens are creating clones, this, that, or the other. Yeah, or the government. That is, her mental health deterioration is easier, is more out of place in that scene than fucking tits on a donkey, right? And even if I was an ear, nose, and throat specialist, Mm -hmm. I would make a referral. If you saw tits on a donkey. Yeah, if I saw tits on a donkey, I'd call someone. I'd call the news of the world, and I'd you be like, "Have to be the ear, no- ear, nose, and throat specialist to be sort of like, holy shit, that donkey's got tits." Right, exactly. Right. Okay. And he's like, 
he rather than doing anything about it, he's like, okay, well, that donkey might have tits, so I'm going to ask that donkey to go get a bra fitted, rather than being like, holy shit! <laughs> I thought you said to go get a drink. I was like, what the fuck? Where is this going? <laughs> I'm going to ask that donkey if it wants to go and get a drink. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And there are there are other instances where, like, this woman is clearly having a mental break. And, you know, as the prouder haver of a few at this point. Sure. You don't, you know, you don't know you're mental when you're mental, but it's patently fucking obvious to the people around you. Okay. You start talking about aliens. And cloning yeah. and being your grandmother. And the fact that nobody in this, she's incredibly, implausibly likable. The world yeah. is implausibly cruel and apathetic. Okay. And I'm a, I'm a cynical fucker, don't get me wrong. I think the world mm-hmm. is cruel and apathetic, but to a fucking point. Do you not think that this is a, a pretty fucking accurate commentary on how people who are faced with the severity of paranoid schizophrenia and the, the it's like a manic switch mm. being triggered. Yeah. Going from what you think is I mean Darren in this in this uh yeah, movie yeah. is like a, a sign from the universe for Sarah because he has the same name as her favorite TV show Purgatory. The the lead guy in that is named Darren. Yeah. And she yeah. takes that as a sign and she's like this is fate. I was supposed to meet you. And he believes her to an extent mm. about the conspiracy theories and she feels so validated yeah validated she feels seen for the first fucking time since her mom died and she found her mom's body since obviously her dad isn't in the picture anymore apart from to give her a bit of cash on her birthday yeah her fucking roommate is a prick her roommate her roommate's boyfriend is a prick yeah uh joan at work it just wants the best for her but isn't really involved in her life so when she meets darren it mm. is like <clears throat> it's like a big fucking deal Big time, big time. And then them sitting at, at dinner, and her being like, "This doctor was a dick to me. He tried, you know, he was he was just kind of made a bit of fun of me, it made me super uncomfortable." And this guy was like, "Well, that guy's a fucking jerk. Doctors are supposed mm. to make you feel better." But he's doing that. He's doing that classic first date, like a hundred percent. Assuming, definitely. assuming that this yeah. is just small talk and not. Yeah, yeah, he's assuming you know. the conspiracy theories. If it's like a cutesy thing, oh, we can listen to a podcast about alien abduction together. Not, oh my god, mm. you genuinely believe that you've been abducted by aliens and are continually being yeah, abducted. Yeah. And then when it does hit, I think him backing away and recoiling in the way that he does because it's like it's like coming face to face with the unknown. You have he had no idea how that night was going to go, but it ended no. up in a cemetery with him getting the shit kicked out of him and Sarah holding scissors screaming that she was going to dig up her mum's body mm. so that they could drive two states to get a DNA test to make sure that she was a clone. Why is it that as you're saying this, I'm like, God, this sounds like Ben's perfect date. It's <laughs> honestly, it's one of my favourite films. It, it speaks to me on so many levels. Ben's it's just watching unreal. this be like, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> just sort of like, give me the fucking scissors. We're digging, that mom, we're digging your mum up, all right? I'll fucking drive us. We're going to go find this shit out. Because if it comes back that you are a clone... Yeah, <laughs> color me intrigued. <laughs> Look, the uh, Duplass brothers who made this film, Mark Duplass, who's a fucking legend. Uh, mm. Many listeners may know him as the uh, star of the movie Creep. Terrible guy. Film. I fucking love that film. Shut up. Terrible film. Great guy. Terrible film. Great the actor. League. Great writer. Great producer. He was fucking and incredible in the league. Incredible. Fine. He was great in Creep, but it was just a shit film. I loved it. Anyway. 
Uh, he and his brother made this film and his brother plays the court-appointed therapist that she has to go and see when she gets taken in having been naked at work with a fucking desperately upsetting scene. Um, great, great guys to make the film. The therapist does this really clever thing where he doesn't challenge the validity of what she's feeling and what she's going through and what she's experiencing. Yep. He's like, I understand that that is all real for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm really sorry to hear that you've been struggling with this. That all sounds terrifying. Yeah. And then he throws in the caveat. I mean, I have to admit, like, uh, to me, I can't agree with you. That doesn't sound like that's actually happening. But I'm not going to tell you for a second that you've not experienced it. I'm yeah. just telling you I haven't. And that sounds mental. And that's obviously the, first the therapist. Of... Yeah, the therapist doesn't say yeah. that sounds mental. That would yeah, be yeah. poor phrasing from your yeah, therapist. He, says, he but... says I'm a skeptic when it comes to time travel and cloning. There and we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Great. then she also says, "So am I." This is why it's mm-hmm. so fucking scary. Yeah. And then it goes into he goes in. You. This is a great point to to move mm. on to my next moment, which is uh, time travel. Yeah, because she she thinks she might be her grandma, right? Uh, she she starts out thinking she might be a grandma's clone. Right, which is, yeah, is yeah. fine. Or she might be <laughs> which is fine. I mean, her in her grandma's body. Yeah, yeah. But then there's a whole thing throughout this movie where there's that the time travel mm. is a possibility. Yeah. And you, you see it and you hear it mm-hmm. very, very early on in the film. Yeah. Uh, the point about the therapist is, is he's like, oh, so the last time you were in here, we talked about this and we talked about this. And she's like, no, no, no. This is the first time I've ever been here. Yeah. And then she can explain that away in the fact that the aliens can drop you off at different times. Yeah. And they can they can take you from one moment and put you in a different decade and a different era. Yeah. And they, they build their own yeah, timeline yeah. and they help you out with the technology to do this. Yeah. The clock on the teleporter is a bit fucky. It'll put you in the right place, but maybe at the wrong time. Yeah. The, yeah. Her cellmate, or not cellmate, her roommate in the um, yeah, yeah. in the facility fell asleep in 1995 and now woke up and can't find anyone that she knows or anything. Yeah. Which is interesting well because... no because again we're seeing this from her point of view so oh, we see her delusions so we yeah, don't no, know we are sarah act... that's our view yeah yeah all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna get on a t-shirt we are sarah yeah dude that's that's fucking merch that's <laughs> i am sarah um but then you've got moments throughout this film where uh, there's a there's a brief bit very early on where uh joan sees like the back end of a horse walking through the street outside the front of the store which is, it turns out later in the movie, after Alison Brie has had, yes. after Sarah has had her uh, manic episode, mm-hmm. gone through the treatment center and all this stuff, she then breaks gets out. Gets a horse willow. And, gets a uh, horse and uh, walks yeah, yeah. through town. And then as she's walking through town, you see Joan catch the glimpse mm-hmm. of Willow, which is her horse, being walked through town. And it's like, okay, so we just call back to that. But there's also a moment where... Um, Joan answers the phone, and you only hear this. You don't see it. She answers the phone, and she's like, hello? 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 Yeah, there's hello? a time displacement between... Because yeah. so this, this time through, I was like, well, okay, so if it's like callbacks from the future or like moments from the past or, or this, that, and the other, what would this correlate to? And there's a moment where Sarah is... She comes to outside the water treatment plant mm-hmm. with her pajamas on backwards late at night, holding mm-hmm. a payphone, and it has been... It's been clear that she's been doing that for a while. Yeah. And then in my mind, I was thinking, holy fuck, she's made a call. To her version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's all this crazy shit that kind of like links in and the time slips here and there that keep like happening throughout the film is fucking beautiful. 
Can we briefly talk about Alison Bree's curtains? 100%. The, her peach curtains? Yes. So Alison Bree's peach <laughs> curtains in this film. All right. That's the, that's the episode title, right? <laughs> yeah. Horse Girl 2022. Alison Bree's juicy peach curtains. Oh, God. <laughs> they're not juicy. They're very dry and they're nicely rolled up. There's a, there's a point in this film where she's been committed. <laughs> like a fire she, curtain. Yeah. She, uh, she hallucinates uh, being able to go through the window, right? Which one? The window is uh, when she's in her cell. She goes and she goes through that. She goes back to the fabric shop and she oh, makes... So we witness... Make, is this the bit where we witness her leave the, leave the treatment center? Yes. But then yeah, yeah, she's yeah. in the window in one of her like trances. So we can understand that this is... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In one of her trances, there's a thing of a window. And in, in, one, in one shot, there is an interior, uh, which is nighttime. Yeah. And then outside the window, it is daytime. And she passes through the window. Like the window is a threshold. Like yeah. Sort of, um, you know, Alice through the Looking Glass, the sequel to um, uh, Alice in Wonderland. That mm-hmm. whole concept of a window being a portal from the inside to the outside, right? Yeah, some would say that that would be a door, but yeah, that's fine. If you're sane and your your brain is working, yes. <laughs> yeah. But if if you're not yeah. feeling very well, you choose the window. Trust me, I know about this. <laughs> yeah, but yours wasn't a portal from the inside to the outside world. Yours was the portal from being chased by Eastern European gangsters to three stories off ground level, <laughs> and still thought I could do that. <laughs> yeah. And I did because I'm a fucking legend. But anyway, <laughs> she hallucinates going back to the fabric shop, and she fashions herself. Her super suit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is this sort of ninja, half nun, half ninja body outf- condom. Body condom <laughs> out of it's a super suit, but it's, it's made great. out of curtains. And when she hallucinates having sex with Darren, he she he unzips her back, and it's a fucking curtain pull at the back that she's <laughs> yeah. put on, which is genius little bit of mwah, yeah beautiful moment. But that sense of of I've noticed this, and it's. It's a scene that almost perfectly sums up Jeff Boehner and why he appeals to you. Okay. If you say Alison Bree's tits, I'm going to be deeply upset. It's not Alison Bree's peach curtains. Okay. Thank you. Okay. You okay. like liminal films, right? Liminal being like between... Google it. Google it and read the definition. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it because you asked me to, not because I need to. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's useful for the listener who doesn't know. You definitely do. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not idiot. I'm not idiot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what is the dictionary, de- dictionary definition of liminal? Occupying a position at or on both sides of a boundary or a threshold. And that's why the curtain scene is the perfect summation of Jeff Boehner's filmmaking. Because you keep saying, whatever you think about this film, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's both sides are equally valid. You love a film Ooh. that has the that is both inside the window and outside the window. You are constantly seeking films that wear the nunja suit and go... I'm at the threshold of being this you know, and this. You are you are exactly right. This is why I love all the goofy shit from the, the mm-hmm. 80s, because it could be taken dead serious, or it could be taken like a whimsical fucking yeah. escapist yeah. type thing. Yeah. You like watching two films at the same time. Yeah. That's basically... One eye what... on the door, one eye on the fucking prize. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. And so you this this film, which exists in that, is she mental? Is she is she being abducted by aliens? Is she a clone? Is she, you know? Yes. 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 <laughs> there we go. It's I, the answer to that. What, yes. what, I'm trying to think which one I subscribe. I know which one. Yeah. I which subscribe. one? Which is the one that you like? Gen- I te- it, is she her grandmother? Is a question that I need to ask. Is is Sarah her grandma? Literally, no, but figuratively, yes, because they both. Like, and and here's. Like, I'm giving you a liminal answer. All right. I feel like it's a cop out, but it's all not. Right. A co- it's not a cop out. Right, I don't. Right. I don't think she is her grandmother. I don't think at the end of the movie she travels back in time to become. How do you know, grandma. man? The aliens. They have the technology. I didn't say no. I said think. I, I, I don't fucking think. am thinking. I think it's the aliens, man. <laughs> I don't think it's any of that. I think she is her grandmother in the sense that she is a person going through deep psychological trauma and not being cared for correctly. Her grandmother was the same thing. And that's why she thinks she might be her grandmother, because subconsciously she's recognizing that she's losing her shit. And the only person in her family she knows who lost her shit was her grandmother. This is a this is a girl who's who has not been cared for correctly. She watched a traumatic event as many a child. Many traumatic attacks. Many traumatic events. Yeah. Uh, and Did I say traumatic attacks? From the universe. From the universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the bully of the universe attacking this poor innocent girl. Squirrely to this girl left and right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's giving a shit. She's left watching, you know, her... her best fucking friend is uh, a brain damaged girl that she used to know when she was a teenager who she still goes to see because she's an implausibly nice person and how how aggressively sad is that that whole scene just fucking breaks my heart man it literally it's like someone tightening a vice on my heart it's lovely in the fucking nicest way possible it is a beautiful beautiful moment but fuck me does it hurt to watch yeah and so, like all of Jeff Boehner's films, it doesn't say this or that. Mm-hmm. It says all of it and nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the liminal films that you like, where it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I'm very much like, no, finish the fucking story. Yeah. I like, you like M. Night Shyamalan. You need to have the mystery, but then have it all spoon fed to you and go, this is exactly what it is. I know. I like you to fucking commit. And so I, I, yeah. so I, I like, I like somebody. I don't like the cop out of it's whatever you want it to be. It's not a cop out. I know it's not a cop out, but it's, it's a, a little choose bit. Choose your it, own adventure. It's a choose your own adventure. No, it's like it's like going back to a girl's house and then her being like, just wank yourself off. Why? In because, what way is it like that? <laughs> because because Louis it, C.K. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find they were invited to his room. Very different oh, dynamic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. It's not come back to mine and watch me wank. It's, here, come over here and we'll do this great thing. And then you get there and it's like, but you do all the work. You decide what's it's, what it's about. But you're not doing any work in You this. make the, the statement. The, this, see, what do you mean this I'm is... not doing any work? I'm watching, I'm watching the nicest person on the planet get bullied by the universe until they but eventually die. But this is die. it, though. But the, the point is, they don't die. They're, oh, they might die. Is that what you got from this? She dies. This is what, I think she dies at the end. I think she kills herself. Oh fuck! I didn't even think that. That adds a whole new fucking. See, this is what I mean, man. That <laughs> brings a whole fucking new thing to the table. Of now, when I'm watching it, I'm going to be thinking because it. Oh, it does kind of make sense. 
when he's yeah. like, so what's your plan? And she doesn't say shit. She just smiles at him like, and yeah. super calm. Like, I've made She's making it all stop. She's Joby oh, Tupacchi and out. All right. Well, I disagree because <laughs> it's entirely possible that this entire film is set in the seven minutes between her dying and her brain going. It all comes back around. Stop talking about this because it genuinely freaks me out. I get into like a weird little cycle with it. And then when it doesn't matter, it's fine. Maybe you died six and a half minutes ago, Ben. It's the fucking aliens, man. <laughs> <laughs> but if I, if like, if I'm, I don't know, I like, I fucking love reading up on like aliens and alien reductions and shit like this. If yeah. I'm in one of those phases and I watch mm. this film, I'm like, holy shit, man. The rectangle over the sea, the ramp over the sea, it's all fucking symbolic. It's all symbolic. The, mm-hmm. the, the crafts that she's making that she hangs around the horse's neck at the end, it's all fucking symbolic. But then at the same time, if I've watched Back to the Future, and then I'm thinking, oh, is time travel possible? And I start reading this and go down that rabbit hole. And I can watch this film and go, oh, that's a time slip. Oh, that's a time slip. <laughs> oh, maybe she did this here. But the alien technology means that it can happen here. And you start watching the film in a different way. Yeah. And then it's, I don't know, if if gilfs pop up on Instagram, is she her grandma? <laughs> Oh my God. No. What are you rating this film, Ben? I'm going to... This is my favourite Bane film. Uh, this, is, this is like the fucking fattest 9.6 that I can give it. <laughs> That's pretty good. That is pretty it? good. Yeah, do get it. Because you're missing half your fingers. Because <laughs> yeah. you keep shaving points off your fingers. I do. What are you going to rate it, Rob? Out of one... On a scale of one to 9.6, what are you going to rate it? Bear with me. We're going to do adjustments at the end. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was a deeply unpleasant film. Mm-hmm. Five. Ooh. It was a perfectly made, deeply unpleasant film. See, this is where I thought you'd enjoy it. Eight. Ooh. Uh, the lead character mm-hmm. is implausibly nice. Seven. Okay. But the mystery of the film mm-hmm. and the realism of the emotion and the emotional core of the film being as special and brilliant as it is. Yeah. Back up to eight. Ooh. Minus 0.2 from my right hand. Okay. And 0.2 from my left hand. All right, well, 7.6 is a pretty good one. 7.6. This is a good film. This is a fucking good film, dude. This is a good film. I'm so happy that you got out of it what you got out of it. Because you you went a completely different avenue to me, and you still still were able to get as much as you did from it. And this is what I fucking love about Boehner. Because he's not your average writer. Because mm. most of this film's improv, as in again, um, as in he didn't write him. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. <laughs> him and him and Alison Brie wrote this mm-hmm. together. They wrote yeah. it based on Alison Brie's IRL grandmother had paranoid yeah. schizophrenia, um, and this is like it's she grew up with stories of this throughout her childhood, right? So yeah, she yeah. always wanted to explore it in a creative way. Yeah, and her and Jeff Boehner had this insanely detailed. Mm script layout but they wanted each of the characters to embody the voice themselves and portray it the way that they did and it it just works man and there's so much there's so much dialogue taken out of the film that mm. it doesn't feel like improv and i think that's a fucking magical line mm. to tread man and this is what makes him just the the weird 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 wizard that he is <laughs> and i adore him for it he's very lim- liminal Liminal. There we He's go. Very liminal. Word of, word of so, the week. Mate, I, I, I've known what that's meant forever. For the listener. For the listener. Oh, of course. Who we love yeah. dearly. More Each than and every fucking one of you. life itself. 
Thank you for joining us for this week's instalment of the Boehner, the the Boehner of Ben's life. We've only got one Boehner left. Do you know how upsetting I this know. is? I mean, I, I'll I'll be interested to see what you follow this up with because because this is good. Yeah, this I mean, good. Mm, I think I to be fair, I really like the next movie. Mm. I think you're going to have a fucking hard nose dive. <laughs> yeah. But we're not doing that next week. Next week we are doing uh we're doing All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. So this is one of your picks, right? So one I'm one of my favorite films like, of last year. So so look, just a thrill ride of fun, frivolity, just a Fuck pure you, man. I gave escapism. you that and you were so nonplussed. I gave you everything <laughs> everywhere all at once and you're like, "Ugh, it was too much." It's fine. It was too it was, too, it, it, it was incredible. But there's like fucking eighteen films in there, and it's it's great. <laughs> but it's it's like one day you're going to rewatch that film, and you're going to go, "I was a fucking idiot." No, I I hundred percent agree with you. I will. It's just, <laughs> I'm just I was just tired. It's exhausting. Like oh, it's okay. It's a it's a lot. Okay. You talk about fucking putting effort into this film, <laughs> and you put me up to everything, everywhere, all at once, dude. That uh, was a fucking exam. Mm. Stuts. Exam. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to do a film about the history of World War One from the German uh, yeah, perspective. Yeah, well, of course, why not? We do, what have we done so far? We've done driving down the M6, a fucking therapy session, literally everything, everywhere, all at once. Now we're doing World War One. Choo-choo! Jump on the fucking fun train. <laughs> <laughs>